1: table and there may not be clothes on my back but there is God in my life that is what gives us joy why do we shout why do we scream why do we dance why do we jump up but do you think everything is going right in our life no but the light God is always on time in our lives that is what the joy of God gives us Jesus didn't come and he wasn't born in a palace he was born in a manger but there was still joy to the world. joy still came so have a heart of rejoicing And I believe that God will bless you in Jesus' name. So I want to say amen. 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 Uh, Let us go quickly to the book of Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And I want to read from verse 18 to 24. I'm speaking about the heart of Christmas. The heartbeat of Christmas. And last week we spoke about what Christmas teaches us. Uh, And we said Christmas teaches us to be a giver. That's what it teaches us. One of the main reasons we have the custom of giving and receiving in Christmas is because Christmas is all about giving. And the Bible made it clear to us that Jesus was given unto us. Unto us a child is given. Uh, unto us a son, a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Uh, the main reason Jesus came into this world was to give us joy, peace and love. Joy. And, and so Christmas is all about giving. And when the three wise men or the magis came from the east, they came to give him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's all about giving. Uh, and, and, and so last week we spoke about what do we really give during Christmas. And the first thing I said that we give is the gift of value. Do you remember that? The gift of value. Jesus came to add value to people. Who are valueless. Christmas teaches us to. Add value to people. Uh, as I said in the first service. In the, in the morning. Uh, I found. Uh, uh, the, uh, in, in the news. They had this place uh in central london and all over they're using a school where they are uh, uh, harboring or they're taking care of those who are homeless and those who are sleeping rough in the streets and they just want to give them a good christmas present warm food uh warm beddings and, and and just take care of them and just and just add value to them oh some people will say oh why are they sleeping on the street well sometimes it may just be one bad decision sometimes it may be circumstances not due to them i heard over the radio about someone who became homeless it's because he did anything wrong, it's just because one bad decision went wrong and the bank were not sympathetic towards him. He found himself out on the streets. Not everyone that's on the streets is not educated or doesn't know what they're doing. No, don't, don't mix it up. But but here are the people who are trying to add value to what some people call a valueless life. And they're taking them in. In the north, there was a hotel that was booked for the 25th of December for them to go in. Just somebody sponsored a whole hotel that these people on the streets, they may go in and just have a good meal and and and, and, and a wonderful Christmas. And then towards Christmas, the hotel canceled on them. And then another hotel, I think it's the Hilton Hotel or something like that, that came up and said, no, we're going to take them in. We're going to take them in. They're going to sleep. They're going to sleep overnight. They're going to have a good breakfast and they're going to have a good um, lunch free of charge because people. We understand that Christmas is not only about gifts or lights. It's about giving, and one of the places that we do is we give value to people. In fact, in the morning while I was watching the news, I found out. Come on, uh, I, I found out that there was in one of these hostels that they're setting up. There was a place where they says uh, this is the meeting place if you want to make international calls. So they're even trying to allow people to connect with their family, no matter where they are. And the first gift that came during Christmas is what I call the gift of value. The gift of value. What is the second heartbeat of Christmas? We can see that in the book of Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Let's read the story together. It says this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still pregnant, she became... While she was still a virgin, sorry. While she... I was quickly going to the pregnant bit. Uh, While she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So she decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son. And you, will, you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from all their sins. All of this occurs to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel. Which means God is what? With us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. The second thing I want to teach us this afternoon is what I call the gift of grace. The first one was the gift of what? The second one is the gift of what? The gift of grace. Uh, well, what is the gift of grace? The gift of grace during this Christmas actually means the gift of forgiveness the gift of forgiveness the above Christmas story highlights through the life of Joseph how Joseph himself he operated uh, the gift of grace to Mary in Joseph's days the custom was uh, when a man was betrothed it was considered a marriage without sex for a year and you cannot break it how to God I wish we can go back to the real essence of Christianity that says when you're engaged, you wait till you get married before sex. And I knew this second service was going to be quiet because the first service, you kind of might have some people who have already crossed that bridge. The fact that you are engaged does not mean you have sex. Pastor, I thought this was Christmas. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The, the truth of the matter is, this is where Joseph found himself. In those days, though you are engaged to a person, you still cannot have sex until all the family and everyone is together, and that biblically is the story. Unlike this today, this day and age, where in fact some of you have even planned to spend Christmas having sex with your boyfriend or girlfriend. That's where you're going to shack up uh to over this Christmas period. Uh say yeah, I can't be alone. Many of you also you feel that um. If I, if I, if I, if I don't sleep with him, he will leave me. He's gonna leave you anyway. Because you're doing it your way, not God's way. He's going to leave you. Because if he doesn't leave you now, he will leave you when you're married. He may not physically leave the home, but he will have sex with someone else when you're married, when you're pregnant, because what you don't teach him now, or what you don't teach each other, because we always blame the men. But sometimes the men I even want to follow Christ is the women that look behind and become a pillar of salt. ah, 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 ah. This is early boxing day, right? Uh, 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 So, 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 you you kind of feel that because you're engaged, you are, you can get into having sex anyway. We're getting married. No. Let me say this in passing as a Christmas message. Uh, uh, When you don't put God first, you're going to come last. Let me say this clearly. Let me say this clearly, because many of you think that it is sex that will keep the man or keep the woman. Either you ask most of us who are married, that is irrelevant as, as after you get married. Trust me, because if you if you can't deal with it now, what especially the women who feel that the guy will go, let him go. He's never yours. Because if you get married and you get pregnant and there's something with the pregnancy and there you, you have to take care of yourself and there can't be sex because the pregnancy may be a bit difficult, then because you didn't put God first initially, he will have to find other alternatives to satisfy himself. And we read in the Bible that even when Joseph found out that maybe was pregnant, he still didn't sleep with her until she gave birth. Meaning, the relationship was more important than the sex. Don't be too quiet. Just smile as if I'm not talking to you. <laughs> you feeling me upstairs? Don't hide upstairs. I'm coming up there. We, 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 are, we are putting the cart before the horse. It's not working. It is wrong. I'm saying this from the pulpit. In case many of you do not understand what pastor is saying. No sex before marriage. It will not keep the marriage. Trust me. If you don't trust God. So in this Christmas story. And I said all this because I'm going somewhere. (laughs) Let's get back to Christmas. We find out that Joseph suddenly found out that Mary was pregnant. Hence, Joseph was wounded and felt betrayed and let down. He he would have been under an intense amount of pressure to divorce or to leave her even from family. Listen. Listen. (laughs) Because we read the story, we don't seem to understand. Here we have Joseph. And I'm not yet there, but you're there. And so, your son comes to you and says, no, let me not use him. Because it will never happen again. So, let's make this very clear. But let's look at the scenario. Let me use myself. Even I as pastor, the most reverend apostle. (laughs) Canon, archbishop, prelate would my son come to me and say to me, the person I'm engaged to is pregnant. I would say to him, what did you do? No. She said it was the Holy Spirit. You know we're all in a meeting. You know we're all in a family meeting right now. And I'm saying to him, I've been an upstanding pastor for all these years. No crisis. No... No scandal, nothing, and you are now telling me to tell the church that the Holy Spirit. Because this was a neat society. This was a very neat society. If you go to Israel, you will understand. The houses were so close to each other. There's no gates. It's not in this place where you have gates and you're, you don't know who your neighbors are. No, everybody is involved. It's a community marriage. And suddenly, the guy says he's, the woman is pregnant. He's pregnant. The family will be saying to him, I think it's time you find someone else. However, let's go to his G's, his homies. So he goes to his friends and tells his friends, May's pregnant. Ah. They will say, Guy, 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 guy. What did you he says, no? They said, what, what, what do you mean, no? And then they'll say, No. She said it was from the Holy Spirit. I am hurt. Ah, his best friend would say, This is this, we need to have a WhatsApp group. Let's, let's all get to a group and let's start to WhatsApp each other because everyone needs to make a decision on this. And then they would now ask him, Hang on, before all this, what are you going to do? I'm still going to marry her. Boy, are you stupid. She just cheated on you. So he has no credibility with his friends, he has no credibility with his parents. And surely both of them have no credibility with the society. Are you getting, are you feeling me? This is a 16, 15 to 16 year old girl. And so they're in a situation where they're married and they're not married. They're engaged to get married. This woman has now got pregnant and the girl is saying it's the Holy Spirit. And here we have Joseph, he Wanted to end the relationship. Because the stigma even to the parents that their daughter-in-law or even their daughter is pregnant at 15 to 16 without getting married was unbearable. I'm sure they ostracized her. Listen, and we're going somewhere. And not only did the guy say, I am going to keep you. But he still says, I'm not going to sleep with you. Uh, Verse 25. That's 25. But he did not have... I knew they were not going to put that scripture up there. But he did not have what? You can say it is church. But he did not have what? Come on, guys. I want only the men to say this. But he did not have... All right. Even if you don't read this, it's in the Bible. <laughs> he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. His friends would think that he was a pushover. He was a fool. He was a man without wisdom. But at the first Christmas, come on guys, let's get back home. Mary is struggling with fear while Joseph is struggling with with anger. M- Mary is fearful. What is Joseph going to do? Uh, while Joseph is you need to switch this off, it's, it's blowing on myself. While Joseph is struggling with anger, he's angry. He's angry. But listen to me Joseph did not seek to retaliate or to be resentful he gave Mary what I call the gift of grace, although he fully did not understand what was going on. He didn't. He didn't understand. Showing grace is withholding certain facts you know to be true in order to leave the other person unscathed. Graciousness is shown by what you don't say, even if what you could say would be used or could be true. Joseph said, I am not going to tell anyone that I did not impregnate you. You know, you didn't read in the scripture where he explained to everyone that it was the Holy Ghost. The dream was only given to Joseph. So Joseph carried the shame, the pain, being ostracized by family and friends and still did not tell anyone what the truth really is although it would have justified him as being a righteous man. Joseph had to make a decision. Does he do right by the law? Or does he do right by God? Because a follower of Jesus must always decide if she or he will be righteous and follow God or right and follow the law. Because once in a while, the two will conflict. They did. And Joseph had to surrender to God's way of doing things. So here's the principle. Here's the principle. Where we're going, this gift of grace, this gift of forgiveness, this is the main principle. You can't live in harmony with your heavenly father until you are living in harmony with your human brothers and sisters. Broken ties with one another only or separates relationship with one another, but it also separates our relationship with God. So, the question I want to say during this Christmas is what is God's heartbeat? What is God saying? He says it's all about giving. It's about giving value to people, but it's also about giving grace and forgiveness to others. I, well, what can I encourage you or what can I do to encourage you this Christmas in giving what I call the gift of grace? Because many of us are sitting down and like, I'm hurt. I'm tired. Um, I've I've been betrayed. Uh, I'm not going to speak to my brother, speak to my sister, speak to my mom, speak to my dad. I'm not talking to them again. How can I encourage you? Like Joseph was going through this. How was he encouraged? How did he operate? What were the principles that made this man different from every other man? No wonder. Sir, that when God looked down from heaven and said, who can actually be Jesus' stepfather? He chose Joseph. He must have seen in his character that he was a very forgiving person. Can I say to many of us that maybe many of us are not getting the cargo of heaven because when God sees our life, he knows that the process towards the throne may require forgiveness. And many of us don't qualify for the throne if we do not go through the pain. So how can I encourage you? What did he think? What was his thought process? Number one, let me encourage you this Christmas. Don't let the hurt define you. Joseph did not let the hurt define him. Romans chapter 12 verse 21 says, don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing good. Anything that we give the power to steal our focus from God becomes our idol. Who has hurt you deeply? Who are you still holding on to? From the pulpit all the way to the pew, We have been hurt, we have been offended, we have been betrayed, we have been rejected, we have been mistreated physically, emotionally, spiritually, but you must never let the hurt define you. You mustn't. I I, I asked in the first service, today is the 23rd. Years back, I've forgotten how many years ago. No, it's 20, it should be 21. It was 1997. 1997. 21 years ago. So, this is 21 years plus one day anniversary where I was kicked out of a church. And I got to McDonald's and I cried my eyes out, having served the church for seven years. I was kicked out. I was going for a wedding just in my brown suit. <laughs> I remember the suit. I remember the suit, it's up in the attic, in my house, as a memory of God's goodness, not of the pain, preserved in the museum of forgetfulness. <laughs> I remember the wedding, I haven't even spoken to those who are getting married since 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. They did not find me, they just kicked me out, unceremoniously. They, 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 they played me out of the church on a Sunday. I don't know what I've done. And I cried. But you know the truth of the matter is, if I had held on to the hurt, fortunately, I didn't hold on to it. Because if I held on to the hurt, I would not be standing where I am today. Because if the head defines you, if the head speaks about you, if the head becomes you, you will never make progress. And uh, some people will say, oh, I need time to heal. Which time? Whose schedule? Your time or God's time? What's the time duration? Yeah. What go really is the time duration? Because many times, it may not be in your time. And with permission, I used my wife in the, in, the first, in the first service. She was in a relationship for seven years, thinking this is the person she was going to marry. Everything was going right. She didn't realize that the fool was cheating on her. But suddenly, she decided, you know what, I'm going to go and find out. And you know, unfortunately, all the people around her, Knew the guy was cheating except her. So there was deep hurt. Deep rejection. So she goes off to America. Without giving the guy any notice. Based on good counsel. From (laughs) Moa. And she goes off. And goes and finds out that he was cheating on her. And then everyone started telling her, yeah, we knew, we knew, we knew. knew." But you knew and you didn't tell me. So she comes back from America and then I see her and then I ask her out. Almost barely days from... (laughs) No, 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 no. Forget the move. Just, just, just... Just understand where I'm going because many times we use ourselves as examples and I know you can laugh and smile at it and yes, that's what we're trying to do. But let's go really deep into the thing because it, we can smile about it but the person involved was not smiling. So she comes back and I ask her to go out. If she still says I need time to heal, more I would have married someone else. If she had still said, no, I, 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 I don't want to, I, I hate men, then Moa would have married someone else. She would have missed out of God's plan for her to be a blessing to a generation. The hurt didn't define her. Actually, many, many of her said, yeah, are you sure this is not a rebound? But yeah, it is still, after 21 years, it's a good rebound. But when I look into her, I was asking myself, if I were in her position, would I take that decision just days after she found out that the person she thought she was going to marry for seven years was cheating on her. She didn't allow it to define her. You know why? Many times we want that time to heal. It's not the healing time. It's called resentment. And resentment is the most worthless emotion in planet Earth. It will never change the past. And you can't succeed with resentment. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 says, Be careful that none of you fail to respond to the grace which God gives. For if he does, there can very easily spring up in him a bitter spirit which is not only bad in itself, but can also poison the lives of many others. Unforgiveness ultimately does far more harm to you than it does to those who you fail to forgive. The offender has moved on with their life. Many times we are hurt by the person who hurt us but the one who hurt us is not hurting but enjoying life and many of us want thunder to come and strike them i am pastor ty and sometimes i want god to show them that i'm pastor like like elijah let some lions just come out and just eat them while my wife is like, just, just let it go. I'm like, no, 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 no. God needs to he needs to, he needs to, he needs to vindicate me. But I also always see the joy of God in their lives and I always see God blessing them. You're still in but they're getting married. The guy is walking down the aisle. And you're still sitting there and still saying the uh, leopard doesn't change his spots. This one has changed. <laughs> you're still holding on to the past. They're getting married. Oh, let's see how it will go. And you're waiting there. First year, second year, third year. You should move on. Why are you bringing the issue of John into Joseph's life? Why are you bringing Martha into Mary's life? Why are you bringing Taliqua into Mamiko's life? Look, they're totally different. Just imagine that Joseph was so hurt that the thing defines his decision. And I know we're towards, going towards the end of the year where many of you are making, many of you will make unrighteous, foolish decisions. I just want peace in my life. So you know what? I'm going to get rid of anybody. Anybody that just does not add to my life needs to go. They're adding to your life because without the pit, pit, prison, there will be no palace. God designed them to be in your life to hurt you because if Joe Judas wasn't there, there would be no Jesus today. Nobody gets to the echelons of greatness without going through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. You need a Judas in your life. And God, some people say, God forbid me. But that, that's where you will stay where you are. People would betray. If they didn't kick me out, there would be no worship tabernacle. And I still play badminton with those who kick me out because the joy of the Lord has promoted me above where they thought I would be. You meant it for evil. God, change it around. I needed them, although I didn't want them. So before you delete everyone this year, hear the the word of the Lord. I prophesy right now that don't delete anybody. This is not the time to make decisions. Year's, New Year's resolution is just nothing. You can't have a resolution that doesn't come from heaven. Joseph had a resolution that came from heaven. They're not going to die. God ain't going to punish them. So with sentiment, it keeps us. It keeps us in a holding pattern. It's human nature that we will all make mistakes. You cannot recover from your hurt as long as you're seeking revenge. You've got to decide, are you going to get revenge or are you going to get well? You can't do both. You can fall in love or you can be bitter. Are you following what I'm saying? Forgiving is costly. Jesus came to die for us. It cost God his only son. Forgiving costs Christ his life. Forgiving will cost you. It's a gift you have to give to someone. But while forgiving is costly, failure to forgive is even more costly. Total forgiveness is painful, especially when you have to kiss revenge goodbye. So, the hurt has defined you. And as I said, so, as I said two weeks ago, w- w- where a woman was so angry, didn't forgive the person, hitchhiked and died. Instead of going with everybody else, your anger is explosive and is destructive. Your, your anger is one letter short of danger. And many of you have decided this Christmas, I'm going to be alone. Get up. Even if you're alone, they're still going to be playing joy to the world while you're not there. They're going to play Game Boys. They're going to watch EastEnders together. Get up and forgive them and let the gift of reconciliation flow into your life. Why are you so bitter? If you can't do that, the hurt has defined you. Number two, don't let the hurt delete your joy. Don't let it delete your joy. You cannot be resentful and joyful. I've said this before and I will continue to say this. I even have learned that when you harbor bitterness, then happiness finds another place to go. The enemy wants to steal your joy and replace it with bitterness. The easiest avenue of sorrow that comes into our lives and makes us sorrowful is when we harbor unforgiveness and hurt. Unforgiveness and the ability not to reconcile causes hard sorrow. It causes damage. It will imprison you. It will get you stuck in the past. It causes you the inability for you to move forward from where you are to where God wants you to be. And then it results in a short lifespan. And at the end of the day, you may miss heaven. How would it be that many people will be in hell? And look at the person who offended you is dancing in heaven, playing the keyboards. (laughs) (laughs) How is it? And then you'll be looking at them like, "Eh, eh, eh, he he made me, she made me. And God says, when they got on their knees and asked me for forgiveness, I forgave them. That's the reason why thieves are always thieves. Thieves are always thieves. Thieves are smart. He stole salvation on the cross. The thief. Do you know how many lives he killed or endangered? Why yes, the other one was making for say, Jesus, can I can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> Jesus, arrived. what? He said, When you get to paradise, because I heard it's a very nice place. Maybe I can steal some gold there. Can I? Don't forget me. Jesus looked at him. Smart boy. Alright, today you will be with me in paradise. The other one. Is hell. That one, paradise. On the cross, he was about to die. He still knew how to steal salvation. Right. Hmm. He knew how to do it. And here many of us, we are imprisoned by it. Don't let it delete your joy. Every negative emotion you allow to go becomes one more hurdle that you have to get over. The enemy wants to steal your joy. He wants to replace it with bitterness. You forgive so that there's peace in your heart. And so that you can get on with your life and you leave the justice part to God. You can do a better job. You can do a better job of getting even. It could, it's either you or God, but let God settle the score. And number three, finally, first thing is don't let the hurt, what? Define you. Secondly, don't let the hurt, the second D, what? Delete the joy of God. And the third thing is don't let the hurt derail God's plan for your life. Don't let it derail God's plan for you. God's plan for you is bigger than what is momentarily hurting you. When you focus on bitterness, anger, frustration and hurt, it blinds us to where God is at work in our life and we miss the blessing that God has in store for us. Look at the two Josephs in the Bible. Just look at the two Josephs and see how they gave the gifts of grace. The first Joseph is a typology of Jesus. His, 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 his brothers, they sold him out. They sold him. They actually wanted to kill him. And then they sold him for pieces of silver. The second, the Jesus, also was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Joseph was thrown into, into, into uh, working in Potiphar's house. And in Potiphar's house, the woman says, Come and sleep with me. Uh-huh. That makes me go back to what I said initially. So the woman was saying, come and have sexual relations with me. And he said, I can't offend God and offend my master. Yes, sometimes because you're righteous, it may cost you. Hey, Pastor, you know, you told us on Sunday, I shouldn't sleep with him anymore. See, he's left me alone. Let the fool go. Because what, what will happen is that when you want to stand for Christ, you stand for Christ. And I'm not hearing a lot of amens from any angle today. Because I know that many people have said, but this is supposed to be Christmas. This is your message. It's your message. The, Joseph said, I am not going to sleep with you. The woman threw him in the prison. But do you know what? The prison didn't define him. The prison didn't delete God's joy. When he was in prison, he said, I'm still an interpreter of dreams. You can take me out of a position, but you cannot take me out of God's purpose for my life. And so while he was in prison, he, the prison didn't define him. While he was in prison, the joy didn't, wasn't deleted. He was still interpreting dreams. So you can still function even with your dysfunction. He just started interpreting, and before you know anything, he was what? In the palace. The second Joseph... who was the the father of Jesus, didn't allow the hurt of his misunderstanding and not fully understanding the thing that went on with Mary to define him. He didn't become a bitter person because of that hurt. And many of us are going around and we're carrying the label of hurt. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Oh, what are you doing for Christmas? Oh, no, 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 no. no. I, I just want to be alone in Christmas because last year, that was how another guy came to me and he messed up with my heart. I'm guarding myself. Girl, you can't guard nothing unless the Lord guards the city. You're wasting your time. I'm rough. You know what? Trying to pick and choose. You can't pick and choose. You didn't even pick your own life. If you were that successful, then we would have seen it no everything goes into God she may have left you alone God has a good plan for you uh, your, your brothers or your sisters they offended you it's part of the going on process But if you allow bitterness to occur, if Joseph had listened to his peers, listened to his father, listened to his mother, he he would have allowed the hurt to define him and he wouldn't have been the father of Jesus Christ. He would have allowed the hurt to delete God's joy from him and then he would have allowed the hurt to derail God's plan for him. This is not the end of your life. 2018 is not the end for your life. God has a greater purpose for you. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. He has a greater purpose purpose. Joseph said in Genesis 50:20, you planned something bad for me but God produced something good from it in order to save the lives of many just as he is doing today. Can I end up, excuse me, by sharing this story with you? There's a gentleman called Valentino Dixon. Valentino Dixon. You can Google him when you get home, not now. Valentino Dixon. He was in prison for 27 years, just like Nelson Mandela, in New York City, in one of the most difficult and most dangerous um, um, prisons in the world for a murder he did not commit. They threw him into prison. Valentino Dixon. threw him into prison. Because they needed to find someone. And he was in prison. While he was in prison, when he got out, they asked, how did you adapt to the new technology? He said, I only needed 10% of what was going out in the world for me to define who I was. I didn't need the whole thing. I made sure that the prison walls did not define me. I made sure. I was listening to uh, an an online tape. Carl did it. And, And it was such a blessing because... They they were teaching other inmates that don't let the prison define you. When you lose hope, you're finished. Valentino Dixon, remember he was thrown into prison for what he did not do. 27 years, three decades of his life. He now, while he was in prison, he started to paint golf courses. Never played a golf, never seen a golf course before, but started to paint golf courses. The 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 head of prison, the warden, saw it one day, picked it up, and gave him another one, paper, to just keep painting. He painted different golf courses, some of which people have designed their cor- golf course according to his painting. The golf magazine, seven years ago, picked up these paintings and says, wow, how could someone do that? Went into prison, interviewed him, and said, but you're in prison. You have never seen a golf course before. And they said, he said, yes, but I can imagine how it looks like. And then he started reading books and started drawing. The golf course organization and magazine picked up his case and they started to look into his case and found that there was a miscarriage of just, justice somewhere. They didn't have the money. And seven university students, law students, picked up his case, fought for seven years, and he was acquitted just because he drew a golf course. Many will be in prison and allow the prison to define them. He didn't. He would have deleted his choice and his skill. He didn't. He would have derailed God's plan for him and three days ago, last week Wednesday, today's, yeah, this week Wednesday, they flew him from America to come and sit on the GM, GMB. Uh, Piers Morgan flew him from America just for a 20 minutes interview. He says, you know what? I would have been late for the interview because I just stood under this shower, this big thing over my head. He's never used it before and he was just pouring water and he just stood there thinking, wow, this is where I am. God can take you from a prison to a five-star hotel. God can take you from what is hurting you to where he can put you into greatness. Don't let the things around you define you. Let me say this, this Christmas, emphasize, I've said this in my message of forgiveness, emphasize reconciliation and not resolution. It is unrealistic to expect everyone to agree about everything. Reconciliation focuses on the relationship, while resolution focuses on the problem. When we focus on reconciliation, the problem loses significance and often becomes irrelevant. My wife and I will not always agree on everything, but our relationship is powerful than the problem. Many people are making the problem powerful than the relationship. That's why many of us will not sit at the table during this Christmas with our parents, with our friends, with our family because the problem is more than the relationship. But yet we will come into church and lift up holy hands or unholy hands uh, unto God and say, God, forgive me while you can't forgive your other brother. So what is Christmas? Christmas says, get up, take that turkey, take that mince pie, take that shepherd's pie, take whatever pie, pie, pie that you may have, walk into the house of those who don't want you, your family, knock on the door and say Merry Christmas. Great joy I bring. Many people may cry to tears because of your appearance. And there was quietness in the house. Yes. Maybe a phone call to your parents. Maybe a phone call to your mom. Maybe a phone call to your dad. You are offering the gift. You don't need to get anything back. Because it is not where you sow that you reap from. It is what you sow. And if you sow forgiveness, God will open more doors for you. He will take you from the prison to the palace. Valentino wasn't thinking about those who offended him. He was just saying, this thing is not going to define me. Joseph was not thinking about Mary. It's not going to define me. It's not going to delete me. And it's not going to derail me. And Christmas... It's all about giving the gift of value and giving the gift of grace. Are you gracious or do you want to be right? Because there's a difference between being right and being righteous. God wants us to be righteous and not hold on to our rights. It may take me a phone call and it may be painful, but forgiveness is painful. But the joy that will come into your heart will be that you obeyed God and not obeyed your rights. Reconciliation is more important resolution. Did you get anything from it?
0: You've been listening to Ty Adashugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel worship tabernacle 131 st john's way n19 3rq archway london thank you for listening